Are you ready to eliminate your credit card processing fees? Visit www.pairpayments.com and use code Jake for $250 Visa gift card when you join today. Welcome back to Under Pressure, your favorite business building podcast for the pressure washing industry. Today, uh, I'm very excited to be at the Power Clean event and have with me in person Ray Burke of the Power Wash Store and Spray Wash Academy. And also joining us is Ted Ma, the keynote speaker of this event and a leadership strategist. So with me again, uh, as always at the Power Clean event here, is Brad Williams, my co-host extraordinaire. And we have four of us today that are going to talk a little bit about uh, you know, growing a business in this industry today and, and what that takes from a leadership level and, and how you can develop that. So that's what, that's what Ted specializes in. And um, Ray here specializes in uh, the, home, the, home, the uh, pressure washing industry. You, as a home service contractor for years, um, you've, you've been in this industry, you've seen all the trainings, the business development side of it, you know this industry inside that. And out. So I'm very excited today to get into this uh, a little bit and see what it takes to, to develop as a leader to take your company to the next level. So thank you guys for joining us and uh, let's just do a quick introduction for anyone who doesn't know you. Who is Ted Ma? I am a entrepreneur, a full-time keynote speaker, and I work with organizations to help them to create a culture that people never want to leave and help leaders to bring out the best in others. So that's my focus and passion, and it's just a privilege to be around industries like this and see professionals and entrepreneurs continuing to scale their businesses. Absolutely. And Ray, for, for the rare people out there that don't know you, who is Ray Burke? What, what do you do? Oh, boy. Ray Burke, uh, <laughs> I, I was a guy that I got, I got I, I say I got lucky, but uh, I got thrown into this industry as a real estate developer during the recession of 2009. I gave properties back in three different states, literally took my last bit of money, went to Home Depot, bought a 2.3 gallon a minute Husky pressure washer, started knocking on doors at the ripe old age of 39 and begging for business. Um, over the next 12 years, I developed you know, spray wash into North Florida's largest pressure washing company. We had five service trucks. Uh, in 2021, I was uh, purchased by the largest pressure washing company in America, uh, bought a uh, power wash store franchise, thank you very much, and then uh, bought a power wash store franchise in Florida, and uh, spend the rest of my time uh, teaching and educating, which is a passion of mine in the industry. So now being on the other side of it, on the retail side, and supplying these guys with the stuff they need you know, to operate their business, I'm sure you now work with a bunch of people that you see growing their, their company. And as contractors that are looking to grow, what do you, what do you see as the tenants of, of development right now? What is pushing people to the next level? Getting expert help. Mm-hmm. Getting expert help. Being willing to come off of your wallet and understand that business development, coaching, accountability methods, even going CRMs, uh, these are going to help you. They cost money. Be willing to spend some money doing this. Be willing to invest in your business. I mean, it's not a hard business to get out and start and to do a 
$30,000 side gig, Mm -hmm. to do a $60,000 side gig, to get out and do $150,000 a year. But now whenever you want to grow and reach that next level, it's time to invest in yourself and invest in your business. I'm so glad we, we start here because there's two things, obviously, that you just finished with there that we need to touch upon. Uh, investing in your business and investing in yourself. So off air, we had talked about investing in uh, the business but by finding the right information. So real quick, can you speak to that before we get on into investing in yourself? Where do you find the right information to grow your business? And how do you kind of suss that out? Well, you said real quick, and I'll, I'll, that's, the, <laughs> that's the hard part right there of being real quick. You know, vet, vet the people you're getting information from. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest problems we see with social media, and you know, kudos to you guys for, for interviewing experts and, and a wide range of people, but social media is fraught with people that you don't know their level of expertise. You, they're, they're just parroting bad information that they've heard. They're not, they've not been in business long enough. They don't even know, they've not been around enough, long enough to know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and that's something that only experience can really teach you. And that's not saying we don't need uh, great information from, from new guys because there's a lot of innovation that comes from, from new people in this industry. But there's also a lot of good information that comes from pr- tried and true. You know, I don't have to say don't mix muriatic acid and bleach uh, because I, I, I know that it's bad. Somebody did that before. I mean, that's, that's lifelong experience yeah. out there. But, but you see information like that in forums going, no, don't, don't do this. This is, this is bad. You will, you will die if you do this. Uh, just vet vet your instructors. If you're asking somebody in a, in a Facebook profile, or I'm sorry, a Facebook forum about something, go and look at their profile if they give you an answer. Go and actually see if they have a wash truck. See if they have what their qualifications are because there's people that, that, that parrot stuff that, that's absolutely the wrong information out there. Absolutely. They're not doing the business. They're making money talking about the business, mm-hmm. right? Or, or they're just, they just want to be heard. There's somebody mm-hmm. that follows. They might not even be selling anything. These are just people that will, you know, I started last month and I spray my roofs with 100% bleach. Oh, okay. We, we mentioned that, that many of these Facebook forums become echo chambers for the uninformed. Mm-hmm. Because if you've got somebody that doesn't know what they're doing telling you to do this and other people agreeing with that and somebody doesn't actually step up and say, no, that's bad, mm-hmm. don't do that. Now all of a sudden this idea of I should spray roofs at 100% you know, SH on here or I should leave a 30% post treatment on concrete, uh, they start parroting that information and then it leaches over into other forums and other forums mm-hmm. and it becomes a snowball of, of bad advice. Yeah. And it is so powerful to be able to be at events like this, at the PWNA events or other events in the industry, where you can cut off the learning curve to grow your business by learning the technical aspects and the business side. Uh, there's so much great advice here. But one thing you had said is, yeah, you got to grow the business. But also today, to get your business to the next level, you, you kind of hit a, I'm sure, a ceiling, right? You need to grow yourself as well as you had said. So that's why I'm very excited to have with us today, Ted Ma, who, Ted, how, how do you start growing yourself and, and working on leadership within your company? How do, how do you even start that journey? It starts with, 
a personal growth plan. <laughs> and it's amazing how many professionals I've talked to across industry who have very ambitious goals, but they don't have a plan in place, not just with the business mechanics, but in terms of their own personal development. And to piggyback on something Ray said, being able to leverage other people's experience is so valuable because we can take what would normally be a year, five years for us to learn and cut that down to maybe a month, maybe even a week, as long as, and the caveat being, finding the right information. So it's incumbent upon all of us as professionals to be our own best filter of what we allow into our mental factory so that we are producing the anticipated result. And knowing that there's a variety of resources out there, what is our plan? So what are we doing on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis to develop ourselves as professionals and as leaders, both with industry knowledge, business knowledge, and then the people side. Mm -hmm. Another mistake I see many entrepreneurs and, and professionals make is they only focus on what they need to achieve and they're not focused on what their organization needs to achieve. And if we want to build a long-term legacy, if we want to scale to the point of what Ray was referring to, we've got to develop other leaders around us. So our growth plan for our organization starts with us initially, the person in the mirror, but then it's got to spread to other people. Who are my high potentials? Who are my next generation of leaders? How can I attract people that have the qualities that either I don't, that can be another asset and fill some gaps or voids that I have in my personal leadership style, or who are people that are better than me and being willing to check our ego at the door, let go of some of the insecurities we have and say, it's all right to surround yourself with people smarter, better, and more talented than you because ultimately it makes you more profitable. Ultimately it grows your revenue and ultimately it grows your company and scales it to a point you couldn't have done just by yourself. Absolutely. Do you think for, and I'm sorry, Ray, do you think for like small business owners that that concept is one of the more difficult challenges they have to kind of break through mentally in this journey is wanting to surround themselves with people that are better than them in various ways? Absolutely. Brad, I see that so frequently. And it's because when you start typically, if you're an owner operator, it's all about you. The buck stops with you. If something needs to get done, you get it done. And then you hire employees and you delegate certain responsibilities, but then it almost feels like giving away part of your baby and, and, and some of the power that you're so used to having and knowing that you're so good at it that sometimes you, you can't leverage yourself because you're so attached to responsibilities and tasks that ultimately are not the best use of your time as you're scaling your company, but it's being willing to let go of that power dynamic. And I know Ray's got some thoughts on that. Well, my, I was very blessed to, to make this a family business. And a couple of years in, I hired my wife. And hired my wife as a commercial salesperson. She developed into the general manager of the business. And she's over my desk. She would handwrite a sign every time I screwed up. And it says, I am not an island. And she would literally say, okay, say it. Yes, ma'am, I am not an island. Say it again, I am not an island. Because I would take on tasks that, I, that I, I was surrounded by a great team, but I wouldn't give up that task. I would not go and say, okay, you know, delegate this, delegate the lift rental to, you know, the ops manager, delegate the truck repair to the ops manager, delegate, you know, the scheduling to the scheduler. I would sit there and grab the phone and start doing. I would get out of my lane on there, but we had hired, we had, we had gotten the people in there to do that. But I took it back because, you know, I'm the best to do it. I, I can do this. I mean, hmm. no, my job should be managing this business and creating more business and making sure everything is smooth if I want it to grow. Or my job should be, you know, captain of the ship and 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 sailing. 
I hear so many guys talk about it. I mean, I've, I would fall into this classically bad, bad, bad thing to do. Why are you washing? Why do you want to grow your company? Oh, I love washing. Are you really good? Yeah, I am so good. I, I'm the best at washing a roof. Dude, I've got eight guys that work for me that are the best at washing a roof. You know, <laughs> Our job are, is to be entrepreneurs. Our job is not to go out. Now, I need to know how to wash a roof. I need to be able to train them. I need to be able to get on the truck whenever whenever you know the, the, the feces hits the impeller and, and things go wrong and I've got to step into a job. I have to get there and, and still keep my skill up at that. But no, I shouldn't be the best washer on my, on my crew. I should have best washers that work for me. I should be the best entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. This sounds a lot to me like the E-Myth. That book that actually, right before your keynote speech yesterday, uh, that book was mentioned, E-Myth. And we actually have a podcast about that on this channel. So go check that out if you haven't. But that's that's what it sounds like, is realizing, hey, you're, you're an entrepreneur here, no longer uh, a t just a technician. And how do you get out of your own way? Right, so I'm sure with what you guys were just talking about, a lot of the times the business owner of these companies as the leader becomes the limiting factor of the company, right? So where where do you see the most growth in a leader, Ted? Um, like what, once they start this journey, what, what actions or exercises or resources that people go to, do you see them you know, getting the most, most growth from as a leader? With today's technology, it's, really all over the place. Mm -hmm. uh, Jake, there's no one source that I found that is the go-to. But I will say this, and kind of tying back to the point we were just discussing. As a leader, and especially as an entrepreneur, I would challenge all of our listeners to ask yourself this question, and maybe even put a reminder on your desk, on your phone, is what I'm doing right now the highest and best use of my time? Mm -hmm. yeah. And when you invest in yourself, whether listening to a podcast like this, going through an online course, reading or doing an audio book, um, going through uh, a conference on professional or personal development, uh, many, many different arenas that offer these resources and they all have their own unique benefits and we all have different learning styles. Right? I have some colleagues that they love to read books. Me, I prefer to listen to audios. Some people really engage with online content. So seek out the resources that you know you can use regularly, but the key is the continuity and the habit that we're developing this routine and these systems because the highest and best use of your time is investing yourself, is being the entrepreneur and seeking out new opportunities, is looking for a way to develop other leaders and to scale the business and to maybe find underserved segments of the market, is not to be the best technician on the planet, is not to be the, the best marketing person. Any, anything that you could potentially hire out, even if it's not right now, but to say in the future, if we want to go from, let's say, 500K to 5 million, I know that I will need a person in this spot. Well, maybe you're not at the point where you can hire that right now, but you're beginning with the end in mind and saying, well, the highest and best use of my time is to identify these voids or gaps in my business to look at what I can fill that gap now, but then how can I grow our revenue so that we can afford to hire the person that will help us get from 500K to 5 million? Absolutely. And I know this can sound daunting. It probably sounds like, oh, I need, you know, after what you just said, I need a confluence of resources and people to talk to. It's all everything combined. And I'd say, hey, what you said was so right. It's about 
making it a practice, right? Making this a habit of, of just keep continuation, as you said, like the continuity of, of the development. But it doesn't have to be daunting. It's not like this big thing you have to do at once. Yesterday, you showed us a way that you could just start being a better leader within your company right away. And that was one text message, right? Can you speak a little bit to that? Maybe, I love doing actionable things in this podcast, dropping little nuggets of actionable things. Can you challenge our listeners to, to do that, what, what you did yesterday? Well, they'd have to come to my keynote. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jake, let me mention this, and I yeah. absolutely would be happy to share that. Small, actionable steps that can be repeated daily is the key to all of our success. Mm -hmm. Success doesn't happen in a day, as we know the overnight success is actually probably years in the making. <laughs> yeah. But people don't see that work that goes in the behind the scenes that Ray did when he was building his company, knocking on doors. I was ab I was absolutely an overnight success. It, it, it only took me six years to do that. Yeah. You know? But but on that that sixth year and one day, bam! That night it yeah. kicked in. <laughs> so for our listeners, it can sound daunting when you think about the scope. But if we break it down to the small daily manageable habits, like ten to fifteen minutes a day of a good book, a good audio, a good podcast, jumping on YouTube, an online course, and so forth. Mm. It joining a group of peer colleagues that become like a mastermind group or getting involved with um, some Facebook groups of people that are like-minded and moving in the similar direction to you or folks within your industry that you network with and you all meet once a month for lunch or once a quarter on Zoom. So there's so many different opportunities that are manageable practices. And the exercise, Jake, you were referring to we discussed in the keynote the importance of mentorship and how all leaders are not mentors, but the best leaders are mentors. And when we look at developing other people and mentoring our up and coming next generation of leaders, expressing our belief in them is one of the most important things that we can do. And four of the most powerful words we can say to somebody are, I believe in you. So the exercise that Jake was referencing we did in our keynote yesterday is to simply send a text message to someone in your life that we all have at least one person that needs to hear from us that we believe in them. And for those listeners that are not driving during this podcast and can safely do so, think of that one person in your life that needs to hear a message from you of your belief in them. And just send them a text. And obviously don't mention that you heard this on the podcast, but send them a text just letting them know that you believe in them because many of us can relate to experiences where leaders and mentors believed in us when we didn't believe in ourselves. And there's times that we hear that message and it hits us at the right point in our lives or our careers and it becomes a defining moment. I still remember when I had feelings of self-doubt and lack of confidence as a young leader in a company and a mentor of mine expresses belief in me and it completely changed the trajectory of my career. It completely instilled a sense of confidence in me that, hey, if this person who I admire believes in me, then let me let go of some of that self-doubt and still get outside of my comfort zone and take action mm -hmm. instead of getting caught in analysis paralysis, thinking that I'm not good enough, I'm not old enough, I'm not skilled enough, I don't have enough capital, I haven't been in this market long enough, I don't know the right people. All these self-limiting beliefs and excuses that we have, that message of belief can cut through some of that BS mm -hmm. and help us to really take action versus getting stuck in paralysis. How many times do we hold guys back? We hold our technicians back because of our self-limiting behaviors about what they're able to do. We won't let them do a roof. We won't get off the truck ourselves because, not because they're not capable, but, but exactly what you're describing. We 
don't take the reins off of them. We don't believe in them. We, we're still under the mindset of, no, I'm the guy that, that has to be at this job. These guys can't wash this house as good as me. You never know until you try. You know, I always encourage guys to, to one of the things I encourage people to do is, is, okay, get a trailer. And then, you know, so now go sit in the truck and work on estimates while your two technicians are out there. Then maybe say, you know, a, a couple of weeks later, look, I've got an estimate right around the corner. I'm going to drop the trailer here. I'll be back in 30, 45 minutes, you know. Then maybe go do two estimates. Maybe not even go do an estimate. Just hang around around the corner watching them, you know, mm -hmm. through the field glasses. <laughs> you might be amazed, though, at what a good job your guys do without you. They may even do a better job than you crawling their butt the whole time. It's also real funny that how, how God puts little things in your path. And, and just this morning, as what I was pulling up my phone, I had a conversation with, with a friend of mine just over text messages. And he said, it, you're talking about habits, you know, on their bad habits, good habits. He said, by the way, I'm celebrating 254 days of sobriety today. Wow. And I said, I'm so proud of you, bud. And then I said, wait, in a row? Um, <laughs> but, 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 but we're saying, I said, you know, I wrote back to him and, and we had some more chance. I said, it's crazy how that works. And I said, and good habits can be just as easy to create as bad habits. And it's just making that 15 minutes a day to do this. Or, by God, I am going to read for half an hour today. Or I am going to do this kind of research. Or I am going to make two more sales calls today. Or structure yourself from 7.30 until 8 o'clock. I am going to have quiet time where I can concentrate on professional development. But making those little habits for yourself. Yeah, and that's a great example. The sobriety example is fantastic because what's the mindset with sobriety? I'm gonna take it one day at a time. It's not that I'm gonna I'm just cold turkey. I'm I'm sober for 365 days. No, that doesn't happen. The mindset is day by day. So, you know, translating that to to this industry. As you guys were talking about before, you don't take your business. You're not a leader in a fifty thousand dollar business and then overnight you listen to a couple podcasts and now you're a leader that can run a five hundred thousand five million dollar business right it doesn't just happen overnight you you have to take it day by day and have these incremental uh growth opportunities so i want to jump in real quick because i want to ask you something on kind of what you were talking about real practical application so let's say somebody's listening to this right now and they're thinking I would like to take that step where I can start showing my belief in my team and giving them more and building them up. What kind of advice would you give somebody on like some steps they could take to start actually implementing that? Because it sounds good, but it's really hard in practice to actually start handing the baton to someone. Yeah, it starts, Brad, with our mindset and, and being willing to let go, as Ray was referencing, to some of what we're used to holding on to and realizing, by the way, that for all of us as, as leaders and entrepreneurs, we are the lid for our organization. So until we lift our lid, those who fall under our umbrella will not be able to lift theirs as well. Mm -hmm. So it definitely starts with us in the mindset. Beyond that, uh, one practical application is determine what stretch projects that you can challenge your employees or team members with 
and whether it's empowering them to do some of the tasks that Ray mentioned that you're used to doing as an entrepreneur, but now you decide to delegate it, even if it's a difficult decision, but you let one thing at a time go instead of trying to go from zero to 100 overnight, but you say, okay, what are one or two tasks that I can delegate or empower? Or what are one or two projects that I could assign to somebody that could help them to get outside of their comfort zone or do something that they're not normally used to doing on a day-to-day -day basis? This is how you stretch people. This is how you help them to, to grow and feel more confident in their abilities. And this is how you develop new skills that maybe they didn't even realize they had because you believed in them before they believed in themselves. Or maybe they knew they had the skill and they were ready and chomping at the bit and just for you to get out of the way so they could step up and show you how good they are. But either way, it's going back to your question, being willing to let go of that, assigning some projects and tasks and saying, okay, what are one or two things I can start to delegate? So Ray, I'm so curious, from your perspective, how has this worked for you and, and your company? You know, taking off these training wheels can be a big leap of faith. I'm sure that there's a little bit of fear and anxiety in that. So how did that work for you with handing, taking off the training wheels, handing over more responsibility? Was that something that you had that was tough to deal with? Or is it something that you were surprised at how well your team members were able to step up to the plate? Oh, I was terrified. Every time I every time <laughs> I, I grew, I was just I was I was scared to death i mean this wasn't something that's that's i mean going from from one truck to even having the responsibility of one employee was terrifying to me then going from from two trucks you know and 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 putting two employees on one truck and me taking the second truck out and, and doing jobs that was terrifying and it was terrifying it was if you're not a little bit scared you're mm -hmm. doing something wrong you know and, and it's like it's like public speaking you know, it's it, you never want to be so comfortable up on a stage that you don't get the butterflies in your stomach anymore. The key is to get the butterflies all flying into formation. Mm. You should have a little bit. If, if you're an idiot, if, if if you're not a little bit nervous about growth because bad, or or you're a psychopath that doesn't care about people. I always I've seen the advice online. Oh well, if you're booked out for more than two weeks, you should hire another crew. Oh my God, no, you shouldn't. You know, I mean, you're screwing with somebody's life. You're getting them to leave a job and come to work for you. And you, you're not a proven commodity and saying, okay, yeah, you come to work for me. And then what's going to happen after the two weeks and, and the season slows down? You're just going to say, yeah, sorry, I don't have, you know, any more work. for That's a horrible way to do. Yeah. I mean, this is where you've got to think about it. And you've got to really, whenever you're starting to, to take other people's lives in your hand, you've got to really think about what you're doing here. And, and again, I, I go back to the growing a business is not, is not something that should be taken lightly. Mm -hmm. and, and it's where you need expert advice or, or your peer group or your tribe around you and surround yourself. I mean, once that, somebody says you're, you're, a, 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 you're a total, you're a son or an average of like your five top mm -hmm. friends mm -hmm. or something, you know, oh, yeah. and, and look at who you've surrounded yourself with. And, and that's where you're growing your influences from, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, now, now your, your friends may be different than your business mentors, but, but, you know, probably, they probably are. But surround yourself with people that are, that are willing to take you in your tribe and willing to help and, and be willing to learn because no man is, I am not an island. I am not an island. And then there's people out there that can help you. Absolutely. May I add to that? Yes, absolutely. Please. Um, as Ray's talking, what's really hitting home for me is that growth requires change. Mm -hmm. 
And change is scary for most of us, myself included. So what we have to go back to is our fundamental belief that growth is more important than our comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Because likely you have had all the success you're going to have in your current comfort zone. So if you want to grow and you want to scale and you want to get to the next level, there is going to be fear. There is going to be anxiety. There is going to be frustration. You are going to feel overwhelmed. And it sucks. But is it worth it for growth or do we want to just remain where we're at? And my guess is the listeners to this podcast aren't listening to this because you just want to be where you're at for the rest of your career and then sail off to the sunset in a mediocre lifestyle. Yeah. No, you're looking to scale and grow. And so understanding those emotions, but saying, you know what, in spite of those emotions, the priority of growth is more important than remaining in my comfort zone. So you answered my next question because he made me think the same exact thing. Based on the flow of this, what I'm thinking is, are you doing it wrong if you're not scared? Are you not setting your goals high enough if there isn't a little bit of fear? If you don't want to stay where you are, yes. You need to get out yeah. of that comfort zone. Yeah. If, if for me, if my goals don't scare me a little bit, and if certain people on social media or otherwise aren't laughing outwardly or inwardly about my goals, they're probably not big enough. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and let's go with this about, about growth too. Because I want to I want to talk about the entrepreneurship and coaching and and you can have growth without growing your company. You can have professional growth. You can have and, and let's take a, a two hundred thousand dollar, two hundred and twenty five, two hundred and fifty thousand dollar company, which is what one truck could mm -hmm. could has been proven it could make out there. You might not want to take on the additional risk of another truck. You might not want to grow the income you might not want to you might be keeping that you've got two technicians you're very happy where you are you can still grow the profit side of that you can still grow you know the one the one great equalizer that, that God has given all of us is 24 hours in a day so you can grow your time off your time away from the business your relaxation time your family time by doing professional development, by talking to good strategists, by people who are going to help you grow. Because it might not be a, a chance, a, a situation where I want to do a million and a half dollars. I want to do, you know, you might not want a company the size of Spray Wash, because I'll, I'll, granted, I was extremely stressed out during, during the end days there. But you might want to just streamline and do be the absolute best $250,000 guy that you are keeping about $150,000 a year in that. And the same thing, that is still growth. It might not be top line revenue growth, but professionals can help you with the, with the bottom line revenue on that as well. And it'd be well worth money spent there. That is a beautiful golden nugget. Thank you for that. I love that because yeah, you can always develop your operation, make yourself more lean, more efficient and that you're right because Brad, Brad and I were talking about this yesterday, but growing your business, as you just said, doesn't have to be all about the numbers. It can be about, you know, building your character, building, you know, the lives of not just yourself, but your team members and things like that, your community, working on your family, having that time. So thank you for that. That, that really was a fantastic nugget. You know, and, and speaking of growing your team members, somebody had asked me the other day on a an interview and they're like, what are the, what's one of the things that you're proudest of with your company? Was it that you build this? And I can honestly say the thing that I was proudest of was that I took, I created between eight to 10 jobs, depending on the phase of my company. 
out of nothingness and I was able to pay livable, if not fantastic wages to guys. And I took that where there were no jobs before, I created that and created a family environment with, with guys that I'm still in contact with now. Uh, who are still, I, I call friends. And that was one of the best things about entrepreneurship that, that happened in entrepreneurship. I mean, it was the best feeling in the world that I was able to, not necessarily the money as much, the money was nice, don't get me wrong, haven't given the boat back yet. But it was an incredible feeling of, of, of creating something and blessing other people in their lives and giving them a good place to be. Ray, I love that philosophy because I believe that all of us shouldn't be just concerned with our own well-being, but what legacy are we leaving behind? Uh, when I was in my mid-20s, I read a book that challenged me and said, how do you want to be remembered 100 years from now? Because based on today's medical technology, I don't think any of us will be here 100 years from now. But what do we want our legacy to be? And frequently we get so busy in our day-to-day -day work and fulfilling uh, our customers' needs and growing the business or growing the margins and, and managing the business that we just get busy being busy and frequently lose sight of the bigger picture. And whether that bigger picture involves more time with your family and being present with your kids, whether it's being more involved with your community, whether it's being able to create this environment and this culture within your company. But what are those things we want to be known for? And that's what I would challenge our listeners to think of. Bigger picture is what is the legacy you want to leave behind? What do you want to be known for? And now that we've zoomed out, let's zoom back in, Brad, to the practical daily application. What are small steps, going back to these daily habits, that I can do to create this culture, to be able to increase my margins so that even if I'm not growing my top line, we are more profitable or to be able to treat my employees better and focus on their development. And all of that, tying back to what you said before, Jake, it's going to be uncomfortable. So growth is very personal, as Ray alluded to, but even if you're taking more time off, that's going to be uncomfortable because you're not used to it. And you're at first you're in shock, like I'm on vacation, but I'm thinking about every single day what I should be doing at work and feeling guilty for being on vacation. Or if I'm, you know, yeah, being able to be doing something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, gotta, gotta be, I, know, I can't, something. I can't just enjoy this the vacation. <laughs> Or, or if I'm if I'm now reallocating like how I'm structuring my business so we can be more profitable, now I'm having to hire people that I'm not used to using. Now I'm setting up tax entities or using a CPA with strategies that are uncomfortable. So it all goes back to embracing that discomfort, knowing that that next level for us in life, not just in top line revenue, comes through willing to step outside of our comfort zone into our growth zone. So I was talking to a contractor yesterday uh, in this industry who said to me they couldn't find their why. They had trouble figuring out what the why is. They have all these, they, they just couldn't distill it into something that really would drive them. So do you have an exercise for someone to step out of the day-to-day, -day, reset, and figure out what their why is? Could you recommend any exercises for that? The simplest one, Jake, for, that we can all take is on a blank sheet of paper or document, what are you most passionate about? What are the things that are most important to you? What would you do even if you didn't get paid for it in the work world? And can you tie the answers to some of these questions into your day-to-day -day work? Mm -hmm. And if you can, it's just maybe peeling back the layers of the onion to find wherein that why lies with your day-to-day -day work. If all the boxes that you're looking to check about your passions and what's important to you and your beliefs and your core values and what you enjoy doing and would do for free in the work world, uh, if there was an opportunity, if none of those align with your current work, then you may not be in the right place. You know, and I, I'm gonna, you and I talked about yeah. this. 
I had the most amazing experience uh, last week. I kind of took on this challenge and went out uh, by myself and took a 12-hour walk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I realized through this experience, we are so impacted by noise. You know, and I think of people, it's hard to figure out my why because we have so much noise around us coming from, whether it's from our phones or our coworkers or just any source around us that we're never really in a moment where we're quiet enough, alone enough, where we can actually work through some of those deeper thoughts. And taking this time, no technology, no music, no books, no podcasts, and I love listening to all that stuff. You know, no phone calls, no other people, no conversation, and being outside and just walking for 12 hours. You know, I, I would highly recommend, if you really want to kind of like examine your life, invest in yourself, invest in some time of quiet and alone. And, you know, the coolest thing about it was, you know, it starts off real easy and it's, you know, just great thinking time and great quiet time. It actually got kind of hard. You know, about eight or nine hours in, I realized that that was a lot of walking. <laughs> I love it. when you described it to me, Brad goes, eight or nine hours in, it got real. It did. It's about 15 miles in. And all of a sudden, I experienced I was now in a situation where I was 100% present and just walking back to the car. And I'm telling you, I think that if we can learn to have more moments where we are 100% present, not at the beach wishing we were at work or at work wishing we were at the beach, that's like one of the best gifts we can give ourselves, especially in getting it true to like living a life that's fulfilling, that leaves legacy, that we can work on goals that matter, whether it's growing our business or growing time with our family, but kind of being present, I think, is a big first step for that. So Two hours into that, you're scratching. Yeah. <laughs> I need my phone, man. I need my phone fix. i got to have this, you know. Yeah, it's funny, you, you know, unplugging is, is so important. You know, we, we recently went through a hurricane here in Florida, and... Uh, we were sitting at the house and, and we lost cell signal, we lost power, you know, we're sitting there, you know, and, and I had to spend, you know, the night with, with my family and, and really unplug from everything. And, you know, they, they seemed like nice people. Um, <laughs> it had been a while. And yeah, and, and I say this, but think about this, even whenever we are doing stuff with, with people that we love and the people that are close to us, how many times are we actually doing that stuff with them? Because your, your walk, what you just mentioned, how, how rare are we actually in the moment with anybody? Because this little demon box called a phone is so pervasive in our lives and we pick it up and we check it whenever we're with our wives and, and the office is calling in. I mean, this thing has vibrated here in my chair, you know, 10 times since, since I've been here. You need time where you unplug from that. You need time. That's part of growth. As you know, I mentioned earlier, maybe a habit is, is coming in there for, for, for 30 minutes in the morning and, and you're not screwing around on Facebook. You're not, you know, posting funny memes. You're not because in general, it, it winds up being a, t- a big time waster. And that's stuff that you could put towards professional development or time that you could give to the people who love you. Mm-hmm. And it's good to unplug and be with them. Yeah. Hmm. Brad, if I may, uh, to piggyback on what you were saying, during the pandemic, a friend of mine had recommended a meditation app to me. And I, in general, had understood the value of solitude Mm -hmm. and whether it be prayer or journaling or 
maybe not a 12-hour walk. I've never gone that far. <laughs> but I understood the value of sitting with myself and being present as much as possible. But meditation was always one of those things. I was like, it's not for people like me. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a go-getter. I'm an A-type personality. I come from a sales background. Boom, boom, get you stuff get done. Stuff. I got big goals. <laughs> and I tell you, it was very uncomfortable for the first couple of weeks. But a, a mentor of mine challenged me to do it for 30 days. And this app was a 10-minute daily meditation. So it's something that I couldn't make an excuse saying, I don't have enough time. No, we all have 10 minutes. <laughs> right, right, right. And the app actually has a reminder saying 10 minutes is 1% of your day. The 1% that makes the other 99% better. I was wow. like, that's good. Yes. Okay, wow. So I'll do the 10 minutes. And after about two weeks, I started feeling some, some difference in my emotional state, in my ability to be present with my family, in my ability to focus and just manage my emotions. And after 30 days, I, I look forward to it. And now it's been two years. And it hasn't been every day, but on a regular basis, I'm taking those 10 minutes to reflect, to think, to meditate, to spend time with myself. And what was extremely uncomfortable in my growth zone initially has now become a huge pivotal part of who I am wow. as a leader, as a professional, and as a man from the simple 10-minute daily exercise. Yeah. I remember having a customer, and he was this elderly Indian fellow doctor uh, at, at one of the universities and became friends, washed his house several times and we were talking and he said, you know, I'm going to live longer than you. And I said, well, you kind of already are. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he said, no, no, I mean, you know, my, my age, I will live to an older, older life, older you know, age than you will. And I was like, please, I was, tell me, you know, he said, because I meditate. He said, I take time out of every day and I do a meditation on there. And I was like, wow, you know, and, and, and it got me think I never did it, but but it got me thinking about it, you know, so that's something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> send, send Ray that. Yeah. You know? yeah. Probably need that. I'll tell you what, though, seriously, though, and I did have a meditation app. It is uncomfortable because, boy, whenever you try to clear your, your mind, you sometimes get thoughts going in there that you may not want in your mind. And, 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 I noticed on the, the, and I did meditate a little bit, but boy, getting the, the self-doubt stuff beat back and stuff, because it seemed like whenever I finally, I think that's honestly getting in a little psychology here. That might be one of us why, one thing why so many of us keep going, 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 because we don't like what creeps in mm -hmm. during the quiet times, you know? I'll, I'll freely admit to that right there going, oh boy, you know, if I ever have to sit and listen to myself, sometimes it's not necessarily a good thing because it's like, Ray, why didn't you do that? Ray, you know, you're not good enough to do this. Ray, what if you fail? Ray, you know, it's like, it takes a little while to get, get sometimes those things beat back on you. You know, during the walk, I, I made it a point to ask some questions of myself to ponder on. And the fun ones are like, what's most important to me? What do I want to do? You spend time thinking about that, and I then I force myself to ask a question on in the line of what you're just saying. What's holding me back? Good. And you know, you you have enough time to be honest. You know, you start getting honest with yourself. You start, yeah, I know, I need a little bit better morning habits and this and that. And you start answering that question in a real way, and it gets really uncomfortable when you start to acknowledge. You know, what are some of the things I'm allowing to hold me back? But I kind of bury them down. You know, and I, th I think we kind of come to that realization that we have to face them. It's what you were saying, like, if we want growth, like, it's easy to say, yeah, it's, it's going to be, you know, it's uncomfortable. We really have to embrace that. We have to embrace if we want highs, it comes with lows. 
you can't just run in the middle and you're just going to bounce up to some highs every once in a while and the rest of it's just going to be easy comfort. You have to be willing to take on the uncomfortable so that you can get the awesome. You can't coast up a mountain. That's mm-hmm. right. I love that. Yeah. I love that. You know, that's why roller coasters are so much fun. You go up, you go down. You go up, you go down. And that is such like the journey that I think all of us have been on and, you know, being an entrepreneur and all that is that that's part of it. And if we didn't like that to some extent, we're on the wrong ride. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're on the wrong ride. The so, DMV needs clerks as well, yeah. you know, because you know, those people just get always bad days. Oh <laughs> so I, I real quick, I do want to just qu- just quote you, Ted. I, I know this is an original quote, but something you had said earlier that still sticks with me is paralysis by analysis. Mm-hmm. If you're, like we had said before, this is this is a mountain to climb, the personal development, the leadership development. So all this stuff we've talked about today to the audience, take it in baby steps. Um, don't get bogged down by all the stuff that we're talking about, all the stuff you're realizing, oh, I need to be true to myself. Uh, I'm and being honest with yourself. There's a lot you can work on. I know that. So don't get bogged down by the. Don't get paralyzed by all the analysis. Just start with little things. Whether it's a little ten minute meditation at the beginning of the day, or or really just sitting down, figuring out your why, or or working on on growing your team members. Just just start. Just get it get it rolling. And I'm sorry. I know you had something to say. What was that? Oh, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> I didn't want to ask you. I think one of the things I really enjoyed in your talk was this focus on mentorship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you talked a lot about kind of being a mentor to somebody. But I think to the same extent, I recognize, I've recognized like my need for a mentor yep. in my life. Always kind of someone that's been somewhere I want to go that can relay some of that real wisdom back to me and, and be honest with me. But I think that's one of the more obscure things to go out and do. Right? Like, okay, where do I get one of those? Mm -hmm. What advice can you give? What steps can you give? Like, if I'm seeking out a mentor, someone's listening to this, seeking out a mentor, how do you go about that? Like, how do you you find that? I would start by making a wish list. And let's think about the people that we admire and respect, not just for their professional success or what they've accomplished in life, but also for their character. Because that's equally as important. There's been times I've been misled, especially earlier in my life, by people who had a lot of financial success. And I was thinking, oh, I want to be just like them. And I realized their integrity was lacking. They had no family life because they were so busy chasing money that they lost sight of what was really important, like family, health, relationships, friendships, etc. So when we look at this wish list of maybe three, five people that we can think of, that we admire, we respect, that not only have the lifestyle or the success we want, but are the type of person, embody the type of qualities that we're looking for, then it's just reaching out to them and reaching out with an open hand, open heart, saying, hey, I really respect what you've accomplished. I really admire what you've achieved. Would you be willing to create a relationship where we could talk on your schedule, on your terms, uh, on some type of frequent basis that I could get some insight and, and you could be a mentor of mine? And not everyone will say yes. Brad, I've had people that told me no, some of them very nicely because they were too busy, some of them less so because they were not the person I thought they were (laughs) uh, in the public life. They were not the same in their private life or in individual communication. 
But thankfully, I had tough enough skin knowing that just like sales, it's a numbers game, and I didn't just have only one person on that list. And also, a mentor doesn't have to be somebody in your profession. Mm -hmm. So I've got mentors in my professional life, but I have mentors in my spiritual life. I have mentors on the family life. So understanding that, get what you need from the person or people you're looking for, approach them, and maybe, as I mentioned in my presentation, my current main mentor in my professional life, we meet once a quarter on Zoom for 30 minutes because he travels the world, he's a Hall of Fame speaker, and that's all really he can dedicate in his schedule. And I appreciate that time, I set the agenda, I drive the relationship, I take action on the assignments or challenges or suggestions he gives me, and I show him the results so that I am proving that I'm worth the time and the investment that he's making into me. And it's been an amazing relationship. So just understanding that if we reach out, the right person will probably reach back. Just like some point in our lives, if not already, people will reach out to you as our listeners or us sitting here at this table, and they'll ask that of us. And I would hope that we'll be willing to be mentors because as I mentioned yesterday, I believe everybody, no matter where you are in your career, should have a mentor and everyone should be a mentor. How powerful is it to being where you are and, and wanting to grow? How powerful is it to have someone that you're accountable to other than yourself. I wouldn't be where I am if I wasn't. So you need to find that person. And it's funny that you, you actually asked him, um, you know, where do you find these mentors? Mm -hmm. where, where do you find them? Because, you know, you, you got to be open. You got to go know where to look for the right people. But actually, like five years ago, uh, I designed a software for a Fortune 500 company for an internal mentorship program. And it was essentially like a Tinder for mentorships and the the like the the choice was on the the younger employee hmm. and so the reason why i bring this up because how do you if if mentorship is so important is there a way to to make that something in a pressure washing company that a mentorship like program exists is there some way to create that internally or, or do you not even have to create like the infrastructure for it is it something that can just naturally or and organically grow in your company Jake, that's a great question. The challenge with it is it's really about a 15-minute answer. So <laughs> let me give you a Cliff Notes version. There's power to formal mentorship programs as well as informal. Mm -hmm. And sometimes informal mentorships, which is what I've always had, is more powerful than a formal program that's structured within a company. But those that are done well and done right within companies can have a huge impact on employee productivity, morale, retention, and people's ability to develop and grow into leadership roles. So yes, it can be done. It takes a commitment of somebody in a leadership role to dedicate the time and the resources to do that. And if you're in a position you say, well, Ted, I don't make that decision. I don't have that authority or our company's just not big enough for it to make sense to do that. An informal program can be just as effective and powerful. But going back to the original premise of our whole conversation, all this starts with us as listeners saying where you are right now, you can be a mentor for somebody no matter what your title says or how long you've been in the industry because you are uniquely positioned to help the person that you once were. I can say that, you know, I've been an informal mentor to, to dozens of people over the years and a lot of it just started out with a simple phone call. Mm. I mean, it's, it's, Ray, I'd like to talk, can I call you every now and then? Yeah. And I have guys that have been doing this for five years at about once a quarter or so we talk, you know, just reach out to someone and, and if they have the time and if they're the quality person, they probably will do it. I mean, it's, it's, I think a lot of the guys, a lot of entrepreneurs especially in this industry, they really do have the heart of a steward. Mm. And that's so much of, of being successful as a person in business, as an all-around success. And I didn't say financial there, but having that heart of a steward and wanting to 
to, to help your flock grow, your tribe grow. To almost be a shepherd in a lot of ways, you know, to, to make sure everybody's good within you. So, so how do you find a mentor? You ask. You ask somebody that you want, that you want them to be a mentor. Let's talk about coaching programs for a minute. I mean, is there, is there that much of a difference between a coaching program and a mentorship? Other than, you know, possibly the financial arrangement? Maybe Probably structure. not. Structure, maybe. Uh, so in a lot of ways, you could go into one of the popular coaching programs out there. I mean, so much of the, the mentorship might have uh, just a good dialogue back and forth, but then a coaching as well, you then may have some accountability actions on there. And that's important as well too is is to be not just to talk about it but if you're going to make a change if you're going to do implementation then to have an actual what's the word i'm looking for an accountability that you have applied you have done this what's this uh there's a saying ted i know you'll know this you're much better read than i am um about the Thoughts without implementation is just a daydream. I haven't something heard it said that way. But yeah. Yeah. I often like that. say that yeah. information without application leads to frustration. But same principle. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. we can sit here and think about it yeah. all day long, but until you actually, you know, the, the Confucius, the journey of a thousand step, thousand miles starts with one step. Mm-hmm. Ted, I'm, I'm interested. What are your thoughts on that? Is, is coaching interchangeable with mentorship or do they kind of solve two different problems? The answer to that depends on the context. So what Ray's talking about with a formal coaching arrangement, the coach can serve in a role as a mentor. But similar to leadership and mentorship, right? So every mentor is a leader, but not every leader is a mentor. I would also challenge the notion that every mentor is a coach, but not every coach is a mentor. And that coaching is one of the tools in a mentor's tool belt. Typically, when we think of coaching, not necessarily a paid structured program that Ray was mentioning, but the idea of coaching as an activity, coaching is focused really around skill development. Whereas mentors, and mentors will use that in their tool belt, but mentors are focused on the overall development of the individual. So it's more of a holistic approach versus a specific defined goal approach. And it's the same thing that people say, I need a sponsor for those in the corporate world that say, I need a sponsor to help me advance in my career. Well, that's another tool in a mentor's tool belt. They may also be a sponsor, but they're not necessarily gonna always exercise that tool. So mentoring, coaching, sponsoring, um, you know, leading, these are all different perspectives of what you can actually implement as a mentor. But as Ray was mentioning, sometimes in a formal coaching arrangement, that coach may also take on the role of mentor. Ray, and I'm, I'm super interested in this because I, before we leave this subject, so you, you've, you talked about, you've worked with several people who you were kind of an informal mentor. What makes for a good or bad experience from what they're doing as a mentee. So as you're a mentor, they come to you. What things can somebody, when I'm approaching that relationship, make it a good experience for the mentor? And what are some things that maybe you've kind of experienced and you're like, oh my goodness, like why, why are we doing this? You know, I just want to say this. I actually learn a lot from the mistakes of people that took my advice. <laughs> so... <laughs> kidding kidding kidding. that's Um, called the (laughs) anti-mentor i would call these people up and ask them but they're actually out of business now so no i would say something that makes the the mentorship work 
especially if your mentor is someone that like I was out in the field and going and running and doing and, and not always at my desk uh, of some flexibility with me uh, to 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 understand that okay I might not always be available and then probably a a time respect pick up from my nonverbal cues that I'm giving you that we got to wrap this up kind of thing uh, because I mean I could but I, I may not want to sit there and go okay look I gotta go I mean you're you're this is this is this is a life suck on me right now you know I'm, I've got stuff out to do I may not want to cut you off because I genuinely do care about you mm -hmm. but if I start giving you these verbal and nonverbal cues that like it's it's we, we've done this time we can't go two hours out there I may not want to hurt your feelings kind of pick up on that kind of like whenever we do sales and one of the, the first things that a salesperson, one of the things that makes a salesperson so awful at their job is they pop in on a cold call and they say, okay, I want to talk to you about pressure washing. It, 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 this will just, you know, okay, I'm sorry, I don't have time. Around. But no, 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 you don't understand. I, I'm, I, we're really good pressure washers. I want to do this and, and I want to do, and, and you start usurping their time. And eventually, even if they need your services, they're going to be like, I'll never call that guy, you know, or they're saying, you know, can I have five minutes of your time? And you go in there and uninvitedly you're, you, you suck 30 minutes of their time and they're just trying to get you away and, and they're not, you know, you're not picking up that they're, that they're closing their pad and capping their pen and things like that. You're done, you know, yeah, looking at the watch, you know, hmm, you know, you've lost interest. You keep selling yourself. Same, same thing, we do that as salespeople all the time, you know. Give your speech, get in, get out, respect, be respectful of people's time in that respect. Okay. And, and so same thing with the mentorship. I mean, because there will be times where it just doesn't necessarily, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And I may have every intention of let's having a talk today, but sometimes things go foobar in mm -hmm. your day. It's good advice. It's a relationship. Yes, you know, it is. It is. You still yeah. have to. It can't just be, it can't just be taken. You know, one thing I've always heard people say, I was curious if you'd share this, is, you know, when, if you go to somebody asking for advice, take the advice. Oh, that's a big <laughs> one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a real, well, I, I can liken that back to the Facebook forums on there where somebody goes in and asks the same question on six different forums going, well, how do I, and, and you'll, you'll actually, sometimes the guys in, in Spray Wash Academy are kind of hardcore about that going, dude, you've asked this question in six different places. You know, you've gotten professional answers every time. Why do you keep answering? You know, it's a little bit of a hold them accountable, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's like they don't really want the right advice. They want the advice that they want to hear. Mm -hmm. They want to know that they have a red tip, you know. Y'all are making me think of a meme I saw on social media <laughs> recently. It says, and let me enunciate clearly, don't be an ask hole. <laughs> Which is the yes. person who asks and yeah. asks and asks and never take action on the advice they mm -hmm. get. Yeah. That's good. Absolutely. Ask yeah. with a K, just to make sure I'm that, that I'm glad that you announced it. So we have to bleep that out later. Yeah. <laughs> this is a family show, guys. Uh, Ted, and I'm going to jump in because Jake's been stealing my question. Sorry. <laughs> kind of looking forward as we wrap this up. What are you most excited about moving forward? You're wrapping up, about to wrap up this year, the last quarter of it. We're going into a new year. You know, what are you, what are you most excited about that's going on? Brad, I am elated to be back at in-person conferences like here at Power Clean. 
uh, has been a long, challenging two years of, for me as a professional speaker, talking to a screen. And no matter how much we use technology to try to leverage it and make the experience as best as it can be virtually, it's just not the same as being here with you all in person. So I am over the moon to be here and excited to be back on the road and uh, connecting with folks like you all at these events. Yeah, I miss these super spreader events. Ted's exactly right. No, Ted's exactly right. I mean, that was... That 2019 and 2020 and 2021, whenever stuff started dropping off, it was it was awful because, you know, you meet. I want, if I could give this advice to, to guys listening to this, and ladies, I don't mean to, to, to be sexist in that. If you have not, if you're in the in in the pressure washing industry and you've not gotten to an event such as this, get out and go. You're going to make relationships. You're going to, to meet mentors. You're going to make lifelong friendships. I mean, I think five of, of, of my eight best friends are, are people that I've met at these. I mean, we vacation. We, we, we've, we've gone to St. Thomas and Belize multiple times together. I mean, these are guys that, that fly in for my birthday parties. And they're, they're the people that I'll, they'll come to my funeral. And you want to talk about a total package and you want to, to not only help your business, but help yourself as a person come to events like this because it's, it's so important. You'll learn stuff and, and not even from, you know, and it's as, as amazing as the keynotes are, but, but sitting at a bar and, 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 and having a glass of water or drinking a beer in the evening, you might learn a, 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 a nugget that mm-hmm. changes, literally changes your trajectory. Absolutely. I'm sure they, they, Ted, you saw this with, with events switching to online, you don't get those, those extra times after the event where you're at the bar and someone lets their guard down. It doesn't have to be at the bar. It could be out to dinner, all that stuff. But that's where you really do get the special information. When someone lets their guard down and they, they give you their, their authentic self and sometimes you get the best answers and the best advice from those situations. Yeah. So we missed out a lot on that. So I'm glad. And I, this podcast actually started in a time where, you know, everything switched to online and Zoom. So for me to be able to get in a room with, with you guys here, it just takes the podcast to the next level. To really be able to, you know, see see you guys as you are, have these fantastic conversations, and really get in get in deep. We don't we don't have the separation. So as as Ray said, get to these events. We, we talk about it on this podcast all the time, but you cannot replicate these events online. You can, yeah, you can go watch the, the, the video of the instructor giving their presentation or something like that on a bunch of events, but it doesn't replicate all the, all the extra stuff, the stuff on the sides, the auxiliary things. You, you can't replicate that. You can't replicate the friendships you make, and I'm sure those have just pushed you further and further in your career. Mm-hmm. Get to these events. And you have to wear pants. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. So you do, unfortunately, unlike Zoom, you can't be in your boxers <laughs> below the table. You do have to have pants on. Um, For all of our listeners, we are all Yeah, we are clothed here. Yeah, so <laughs> make sure we make yeah, that disclaimer. <laughs> so Brad and I have a little inside joke here. I mean, this is... this. Is a rare podcast where uh, we all our pants because who knows? I mean, I, 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 I could have podcasts where no one's wearing pants. I mean, every under pressure episode before Power Clean could have been pantsless, and we wouldn't know. He's pulling a Jeffrey yeah. Tubin right now, you know. <laughs> 
All right. So thank you guys. Jay, great so, visual yeah. for all of the listeners. <laughs> yeah. Great visual. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's how I get through the podcast. You know, if, I, if I'm ever nervous, you know, when I first started, I was very nervous, so I just pictured them in their underwear. No, I did not do that. Don't worry if you were a guest on the podcast. <laughs> all right. So seriously, guys, thank you so much. This Absolutely. this episode uh, was fantastic. Went way longer than I expected. That's and I appreciate that so much. This was a fantastic conversation. Y'all know you have a problem shutting me up. I mean, I've been told that brevity, <laughs> they, they, they say that, you know, uh, brevity is the, is the, what a, brevity is the source of wit, you know, then I must be the dumbest guy out there because I cannot <laughs> be brief whenever I start talking. Well, you know what? Uh, it's great for I would be, It would be great for y'all to, to, to say, no, no, Ray, you're not really the dumbest guy out there <laughs> at this point. But yeah. You know what? Have you, have you ever seen, like, NFL mic'd up? I think we might have to get a lapel mic on him and mic this guy up. Yeah. Around the horrible. <laughs> oh, that would be awful. <laughs> clips in there. I have, yeah. no fi- I have no filter, so. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Uh, Ray, Ted, thank you guys. I really appreciate it. Brad, thank you for joining us once again. Thank you to the audience for tuning in. We have a fantastic roster of guests that will be coming from you in person here at the Power Clean event. So tune in. These episodes will all be coming out. Um, And as always, please like, subscribe, rate and review the podcast so it's seen by more people. And the most important thing you can do is share this podcast. If you know anyone um, in this industry or not, home service or not, contract or not, but anyone that can grow their business by listening to a fantastic conversation like this, please, it's your duty. Go share that. Help everyone out. Let's, uh, Let's help everyone grow their businesses. So thank you guys and we will see you next time.